remote. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Eh, eh. I think that's you really remember awesome. those Mazda commercials. Oh my gosh, that's what that's from. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say that, but boy, that's a catchy jingle. You're, you know, okay. When it comes to jingles, mm-hmm. do the like '80s, '90s jingles from like local Chicago yes operations just mm-hmm. hit differently? Like yeah. the Empire song. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. People just know Luna. Yeah, everyone knows the Luna commercial. Yeah, well, just like not only just not just the actual music behind it, but just like the slogans, like mm-hmm. um, Century Electronics. Because I'm Lottie and you're not. That one. You remember that? You remember do that? Do you gem- remember? Do you remember Eagle Man? Of course, I remember Eagle Man. I've got something <laughs> for you. And then he took a big. Egg, dump of an yeah, egg. yeah, he take an egg dump on people. It was mostly women. That's kind of sexist. Well, <laughs> what happens in Chicago stays in Chicago. The best commercial though was Victory Auto Records. Oh my the guy gosh! Pulls the door off and it just collapses, and then all of a sudden he has cash in his hand. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still play that sometimes late at night. To anybody who's listening who doesn't live in the Chicagoland area, I would love to get your input. I think that Chicago probably did, especially in the like 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Uh, Chicago was just like on point for jingles and for commercials in general. And it, it shows it shows in the classic Chicago film uh, or suburb of Chicago film, Wayne's World. You know what I mean? Like... When they tie in all those, uh, and they're not all Chicago um, products, but when they tie in all the uh, different like catchphrases for products, uh, when they're like when they first make it big and they sign their contract, and you know Garth is sitting there in his like sports attire, and he's like, "Excedrin, hmm, little yellow, different." <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts. Oh, <sighs> here's one. Falco. Oh my gosh. Falco. Yeah, that's another good one. Or for if Feld, I said for Falco. Yeah. There's only one. Bob Rormund. Right? Yeah. Yeah, dude. I was like in between my fucking Sunday morning and Saturday morning commercials. They're not commercials, cartoons. Oh. How many people were there that many people? Declaring bankruptcy where Peter Francis Tracy <laughs> had to be that visible. Dude, Peter Francis, he had an office right by where Maple and Hash is now. It's gone now. It's a gym. He does. Well, yeah, it's gone. He, he did. It's a gym yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I was a coach for an eighth grade basketball team. My The year after I graduated high school. Yeah. I helped coach. And after the season, we took the, it was the eighth graders. We took the eighth graders bowling as like an end of year party, the other coach and I. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids for his bowling name typed it all out. His name was Peter Francis Geraci <laughs> on the bowling screen. <laughs> and I'm like, this kid 
is going places. Yeah, he knows like, to be that witty. Peter Francis Dracy was basically like the better call Saul of our area. It felt like that. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. actually, uh, the the Glenn Lerner guy, he feels oh, like shit. better call Saul. Okay, that's fair. He's he's gotten big. He's a little bit newer. He's more two thousands. That's okay. But but he God. feels like better call Saul for sure. Dude. Speaking of schmucks and scam artists, uh, mm-hmm. the GOP... We're not getting sponsored by Glenn Lerner now. <laughs> no, I just meant... Yeah, well, well sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> sorry, attorneys. Heidi <laughs> <laughs> is an incredible top-of-the-market cannabis lawyer. She Nowhere really near is. Glenn no. Lerner. She, she really is. not is. an ambulance chaser. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, in uh, uh, when we were doing our senior yearbooks, you know, we said, "What did you want to be when you grow up?" And I said, uh, "An ambulance chasing lawyer." I actually didn't say that. Really? No, I didn't say that. I don't remember what I said. I think I said, "Stay at home, dad by day, bartender by night." Mm, dreams come true. Living the dream. Living it. Yeah. So okay. Uh, so you said, speaking of scumbags. Yeah, GOB debates. <laughs> I was hoping that was actually the segue into our thing. I didn't know yeah. something else lined up like that. Oh no, for sure it was. I mean, well, listen, maybe they're good people. I don't know. I don't know them on a personal level. Level, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of GOP people, I do want to share something really fast before we get started. Sure. It's something I was very proud of. Um, Is and- it the Trump mugshot? No, no. But that's I'd love. I- oh, I'm proud of justice, dude. We should make T-shirts. Um. Mm-hmm. I sent we we often talk about text messages that Brian and I send back and forth, and this is one that I'm going to be putting up on our Instagram either tonight or early tomorrow morning. Uh oh, I've already screenshotted it. So Brian and I were talking about a concert that was going on on Monday that unfortunately um, I couldn't go to, and then you know Brian said some very sweet things. Then I said, interesting fact. I said the water that we drink every day is the same water that has been on Earth since the beginning. So, Brian, the water that you are drinking today is probably some of the same water that AOC drank as well. I said, that being said, it could also be the same water that Mitch McConnell washed his ass crack with. (laughs) And that segues perfectly into the GOP. (laughs) Well, I also... I commented back and said I knew that water tasted a little rusty. Yeah. But AOC, she is Icelandic water. Yeah. Purest water. Yeah. I am. I, that you, that's your opinion. Um, Are you more of a Fiji guy? Well, I got to bring up islands that are so close to my exes. Your exes? Yeah. Tulsi. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so it still burns. I didn't actually I didn't actually watch the debate live. I had to go back and watch it. Yeah, there's not anything on YouTube right now that's like a full clip of it, like a full Right. Like you can't watch the full broadcast. Yeah, it's always like here's the debate in 3 minutes. I think that was the New York Times um or Washington Post, I can't remember which. Um, but it's strange to me, especially in this day and age. And you see that a lot with the debates where like, you can't really go back and fully watch it. 
Um, you know what I should have tried is I should have tried Hulu. I, should, I probably bet you. I bet you I could have probably watched it on Hulu. Mm-hmm. I need to stop relying so much on YouTube. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of Hulu. We have Hulu. Yeah, yeah. During uh, hockey season, I usually get like Hulu Live, um, so I can watch the games. But otherwise, I just the regular commercial free Hulu because I'm you know what I mean. I'm not rich, but I'm well off enough to pay the extra three dollars so i don't have to watch commercials (laughs) that's rich i'm not trying to flex but (laughs) that's a big flex like you're too good for ads the other day nora we were watching something nora's like the ads are four minutes and i'm like that is long like yeah we used as you know young people we would have like a three minute ad break yeah. Like actual commercials on the TV. You yeah, because like, they're 30-second ads, and you're talking about probably six commer- uh, six commercials on average. Yeah, at most, Yeah, right? Like maybe like obviously the Super Bowl is different because right. we're paying millions of dollars per ad even back in the early 2000s. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous. But, but to sit there for four minutes of ads, I was just like, that's a, that's a lot. Yeah. And I certainly wouldn't have done it for the GOP debate. Nope. No, 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 no. Um, that's worth the extra three dollars because it was probably like Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson, and they probably yeah, just straight Viagra. <laughs> and they probably threw like a Lockheed Martin commercial in. Yeah, and then you know all the kids were like, "Who's Lockheed Martin?" And they're like, "They're the ones who are bombing everyone." Um, Do you like bombing brown kids? <laughs> Join us at Lockheed Martin. <laughs> Send your application in today. Um, yeah, so the the debates were very interesting. I caught a lot of it. I did watch the highlight reels for the most part. I did some reading on it. And then I realized that I had wasted all of my time instead of watching the real debates um, live on X, formerly Twitter. Um, which, I'll tell you what, there was one clear winner there. Um and it was not the American public. <laughs> it was all 16 Twitter followers or X followers. No, what did they say? I think they said it was something like they, the, the numbers that they posted were like 100 million people watched. There's no fucking. Way. No, we know it's it's inflated as fuck. Um, so we'll never really know how many people actually watched. But I did. I told Brian actually before we started recording that I actually downloaded. Well, I actually searched Twitter. I didn't know that they literally literally changed their name to X, which is really dumb. Yeah. Sorry, Elon. Um, no, that's what he wanted to change PayPal to, and they booted him before he could. So now he changed Twitter to X. What's his fascination with the letter X? Like his daughter's name has like like seven X's in it or something like that. I don't know. I think he thinks it's provocative. Is it? I don't know, man. Um, but um, all joking aside, not really. There's going to be a lot of jokes in this. There's a lot of jokes to be had throughout this. Um, so as far as the people that were at the debate, you had Mike Pence, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, you had Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, uh, you had Scott uh, Burgum and Hutchinson. Um, did I miss anybody there? I don't think so. No, I think you included Burgum, and he wasn't really like he was on the stage, but did he really contribute anything? Uh, I mean, eight minutes of speaking time. 
Ew. Yeah, Asa Hutchinson actually had the least amount at seven minutes and thirty three seconds. Um, and I'm just gonna give my my very blunt, very uh, to the point overall thoughts on it. Yeah. And I think that uh, I knew this going into uh, the debates that really this is like this is just and actually maybe the name of this episode should be um, if you're not first, you're last, um, because really they were all just biting for second place because obviously Trump has a commanding lead. I mean, he's got, yeah. you know, I think like a 41 point anywhere between 41 and 50 points lead on everybody in this field. Um, so this is almost like an audition for vice presidential role. Um, or these people are all hoping that Trump gets locked up before election day. Um, if he doesn't, I, I do have a, a deep fear that he will probably pardon himself and all this will go away. Um, I think that if he got elected, like, even if it was like the day before, are you even allowed to do that? Are you allowed to pardon yourself? I'm fairly certain you can. It's worth a Google. Um, but it really, it felt like this is everybody just fighting for a second place. Um, and there, there was a, a lot of different topics they covered. Um, mm-hmm. But of the top subjects, as far as like minutes that it took to cover it, you had abortion, uh, you had Donald Trump, you had credentials, education, and border security. Those were your top five. Um, which you know, what else they were talking about is seems strange to me. Cause I think the full debates was like, what an hour. Yeah. And you have what? Eight, 15. Yeah. Like only like 38 minutes worth of shit here. 36 minutes worth of shit. Oh, well, wait. yeah, you got to account for announcers talking, yeah. moderating, yeah. Well, I mean, so, there's because they they, they did talk national. Shows. They did talk national security. They did talk like electability, energy, government spending. But like, it's so funny because like once you once you cut off at border uh, border security, like the next most talked about thing was the Ukraine. Um, yeah. But everything after that is like four minutes or less. They talked about it. They talked about UFOs for forty four seconds. I didn't get to see that part. Um. To go back, uh, your point about Trump. Trump is, as of today, 51% of the vote is going his way. In the national polls for the Republican candidate, Okay, 51% Trump. DeSantis is now down to 14.8%. He was, I think, in the low 20s at one point, and then down to 15. Now he's even below 15. Okay. Ramaswamy is now up to 10.3%. Pence, four point two, and then you start getting into the threes with Scott, Christie, and Haley, and then everyone else is under one. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So let's let's go broad strokes first. Yeah. Looking at overall performance, what kind of stuck out to you? Either really good or really bad. Um, I'm always a bad news first kind of guy. So I'll go with that. I think that, you know, I was listening to something today and they were, they were saying how they thought that like, you know, Scott had really done the worst and I don't think he did. I think that he just kind of played, played his cards the way that he normally does. He's not much of a debater. I think that he's just, he's very good at public speaking. He's very well spoken and he's really, he's really well liked by donors. 
Um, and I think that's probably because like he's a controllable factor. Um, but I think that the 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 worst was probably DeSantis. Um, I think that Pence was Pence. He played to his like evangelical crowd. You know what I mean? He talked a lot about abortion. He talked a lot about, um, he actually brought up a lot about January 6th and how he, you know, withheld the, or held up to the constitution. He chose the constitution over. Yeah. I thought that was a good play on his part, sticking like the whole constitution. I don't, you know what? I think that it, it was a good play, but I think that again, there's so many people that were there and so many people out there that are such big fans of Donald Trump that I think that people who were just like really saying great things about Donald Trump are the ones that are like, well, they're definitely taking the Trump card or the Trump percentage after everybody else fades away or after Trump goes to jail. Um, But I think DeSantis was just a disappointment. I don't think that he performed very well. I don't think that he used his time very well. Um, And I think that he was like, um, and actually this will come up later because there was a chat GPT joke made by Chris Christie. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that if you typed in answer these questions like a politician into some sort of an open AI system, you would get all, sorry, open the, ask, answer these questions as a Republican uh, presidential mm-hmm. candidate into like chat GBT, um, chat B- GPT, you would get all of DeSantis's answer, answers pretty much verbatim. Um, I think that he really could have focused more on like, you know, look at the way that I ran things in Florida. Look at the crime rate in Florida. Look what I've done. Um, I think that he could have kind of bolstered more support. I don't think that he really did that well. And he didn't say anything or do anything that I thought was really of note. And as we kind of get into this grading scale, um, I think Brian and I maybe thought about it differently. And the way that I, I kind of, focused my my critiques was who's going to gain the most you know point wise um and notoriety wise because of this debate and i just don't think he i don't think he got any big boost in 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 support because of this um i fully agree with you there i think ron DeSantis had both the most to win and the most to lose at the same time somehow yeah yeah I think he just hasn't been personable enough well, yeah. over the last six months where it's almost become a meme with how he lacks personality. And yeah. when he has, you know, almost scripted talking points or he's firing on all cylinders about one particular thing, like, oh, I'm taking on Disney or, oh, you know, we need to get rid of you know, affirmative action, or mm-hmm. we need to challenge critical race theory, right? Yeah. Like when he has that one bullet point to go after, yeah. he usually does really well. The moment he has to expound on that, or he has to bounce to another topic that might not have his exact talking points. He does very poorly. Yeah. He has very little personality when it's like riffing or yeah, excuse me, speaking to someone like I'm just arriving to an event and now I need to, you know, glad hand and, you know, kiss the baby. Yeah. He really struggles in those moments. And that's a big thing for him. So in a debate, you need to kind of control 
those moments, those those purposeful pauses that really bring an audience in, or you really need to have that landing for your point. Yeah. And he didn't really do that. He never really engaged with the audience or engaged in the debate. He felt very, very disconnected. And it was his time to shine. People have been looking for him to step up to Trump. Yeah. And he doesn't want to challenge Trump directly. In fact, he's kind of placated to Trump in order to be the next best option to Trump. Yeah, but I don't think he even did a good job of that. No, he didn't. And so he was trying to be that guy, but he hasn't displayed that kind of personality to engage that base. That base is used to being, you know, focused on someone that is inflammatory, that is engaging, you know, in, you know, whether it's the best or worst ways, he's going to engage. Yeah. And DeSantis doesn't do that. And, and so, yeah, you know, to your point, I also agree. I think DeSantis lost the most, like obviously Asa Hutchinson and Bergamo, like they're nothing. They're right under 1%. They didn't do anything to really gain any traction. I don't know why they even stood up there to begin with. It was, so be it. They did. it was a waste of money on their on well on their behalf or their donors' behalf. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I just I think that De- DeSantis he fell he fell flat. He didn't say anything that got any wild applause. You know, like for instance, when Nikki Haley talked about Ukraine, like she got a roaring applause. You know what I mean? And right. it, it was all the donor class that was giving her that applause, but that's okay. Um, she still got herself some, some, some brownie points there, but I think that he was just, uh, yeah, I think he was a total disappointment. I think that he's actually going to probably lose a few points because of the debate. I don't think that he was anything special. He's definitely going to have some ground to make up. Um, I think that Chris Christie was a disappointment. And, uh, so the interesting thing too about DeSantis is, you know, as far as talking time, he was in like fourth place, which you know, with all of his steam behind him and where he was ranked as far as the other candidates, I think that that's very surprising. Um, but, you know, Chris Christie was another one where it's like, you know, he tried to bring up, um, what was it, New Jersey? He was the governor. Yeah, um, yeah. But he he tries to bring up Jersey. Like, that was a decade ago. You know what I mean? Like, none of, none of nothing that you were dealing with then is relevant now. So, you know, he was surprisingly a disappointment. Um, and he was kind of one of those people um, that was part of the group that was um, really kind of attacking Vivek Ramaswamy. Not that he doesn't deserve to be attacked, um, or not attacked, but questioned. Um, I think that him and Nikki Haley were probably two of the biggest highlights of the evening. I think that they got the okay. most. I think that they got the most attention. I think Ramaswamy um, definitely got the most attention. Um, because I think he was kind of an easy tar. He was what everyone thought was going to be an easy target. He's got some very, um, what I'm comfortable calling like outlandish ideas and thoughts. Um, so I would say that he, he probably was one of the surprises for me. I didn't expect him to get so much of the, the spotlight while he was there. Whether or not he used it well, I think that he rebounded from rebounded from um, criticism well. Whether or not his points were correct, he was very smooth. He was very calm under fire. 
um, you know, when Chris Christie made the comparison of him, he called him basically, he's like, um, I think he called him a chat GPT, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike Pence told him that there's no, you know, said there's no reason to bring Ramaswamy in. They don't need a rookie right now. They need a veteran. Um, hold on one second, bro. I'm going to stop the video recording because I think it's giving us time constraints now. Sure. You're good. Recording stopped. Um, I don't know. It's still, why is it telling me? Isn't it? I thought it was, uh, if there's two people or less, you have an unlimited Zoom. I don't know. Mm. Hold on, I'm going to take a quick. Well, uh, I'm going to take a brief. Yeah. Uh, a bro. Oh, there it goes. Yeah. All right, we're back. Uh, you know, Zoom cutting us down to 45 minutes, trying to get rid of our political freedoms. Freedom of speech. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. Sorry. No, I don't think it's recording yet. No, it is. I'm recording. I'm not recording the 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 uh, video. I'm going to start doing that now. Recording in progress. Oh, yeah, that's going yeah. That's going into the audio. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, Ramaswamy and uh, Haley were probably the most prominent of the two um, as far yeah. as like what they're going to get for brownie points and, and um, name recognition. I think that they're... Whereas, because like when Haley joined the race, when she officially announced her candidacy... She announced her candidacy, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that she kind of like dropped off the face of the earth after that. You yeah, know, she was one of the first to declare, and yeah. so you get that real initial bump. Yeah, but there was no sustainability to that momentum. Yeah, um, so I think this that's going to be really good for her. But um, I think I was probably most surprised with Ramaswamy and with Haley. So I want to go back to Chris Christie. Yeah, please. You brought up some really good points, and I think he oh, was disappointing. Yeah, he, I, and I apologize there. While I was fixing the the Zoom thing, I lost my train of thought. But yeah, he 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 was kind of like it was very antiquated. It was very like living in the past. I think he was trying to really roll off of you know his his form, former governorship, um, but I just don't well, think. I don't think he's relevant. Yeah, I think the disappointing thing for him is that used to be his sweet spot was debates. Yeah. And both in 2016 and 2020, Chris Christie was brought in as a as an advisor to Donald Trump for his debates. Yeah. And then I know he was on as a talking a talking head like a pundit after all the debates, like there was Rahm Emanuel, there was yeah. Chris Christie and stuff like that during the during the presidential debates between Biden and Trump and then Pence and, and Harris. I would say that he did have some good one-liners. Yeah. But like I did see some analysis. I think it was on CNN or something. His ana- The analysis was saying like he used one of his best lines in an inopportune moment. Essentially... There was a moment where he got a couple of boos. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly what you're bringing up. Yeah, he said something along the line of, uh, that is the great thing about this country, booing as well, but it doesn't change the truth. Yeah. Like, the idea, that's a great line. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't a significant enough moment where 
there are going to be times where if he really goes up against Trump, like if there's another debate and Trump actually does show up and he's not being arraigned or deposed or subpoenaed or whatever the, whatever else is going on in his life at this time, if they're going head to head and he faces some of those boos, because when Trump comes to the debate, the crowd automatically gets more raucous. Like he could have used that line. That is such a great, canned line to have in your back pocket well and he used it in an inopportune moment i agree and disagree because i think that no matter when he uses it it, it opens up a can, can of worms because i think what i really noticed in the de- debate after that is there were far more boos for him mm-hmm. you know what i mean i think it's like oh well it's okay to boo you know um mm-hmm. so i i don't know i i did expect a lot more from him um, I would love to see him debate with Donald Trump there. I think that that would be interesting um, because he is. He's that. That's kind of that's his bread and butter right there. Is he's very good with. Um, well, and he's back the and most forths. vocal opponent of Trump. Yeah, even though all of them cowered, right? All of them were cowards <laughs> about the like if Donald Trump was, you know found guilty or whatever and they all just like raise their hands like yeah they would still support him if he was the republican um, candidate i don't i don't think pence did raise his hand did he no i thought i think I, as i recall every single person on the stage raised their hand. yeah but there was a Some lot were of a little bit slower well like like so, chris christie was like the last one to go up yeah so like ramaswamy was probably the first one up i think yes. that Haley was one of the first ones up and then you saw it was almost like the kids in class where like you get asked a question and it's like how many of you do this and the more hands you see go up who thinks it's b and then you're like oh shit 70 percent of the class says and then your yeah, your hand yeah your hand slowly goes up i feel like that's how it was with quite a few of them um i think that ramaswamy really just wants to be donald trump's vice president i don't think that he's really going for the presidency here I think that in that his, I think that in his mind, well, he even said like Donald Trump is the best president of the 21st century. Like, um, he thinks that you know everything that Donald Trump was was just a okay, which, I mean, well, really, there's only been four, so like, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's true. Um, narrows the playing so, field. I'll, I'll go back though. Nikki Haley to me was the best performer i do i would kind not of agree yeah. with you i would not disagree with the, that with the sense that like did she gain the most from this no i thought in terms of actual debate eloquence the ability to be concise have some really good one-liners that are highlights not having too many lowlights i thought nikki haley was far and away the best candidate on the stage i would agree no i would agree with that that said I think you bring up a good point with who gained the most from this. I do think Ramaswamy is the one that gained the most. I think he had the most to gain in general. Like he's got this war chest that he's dumping his own money into and, you know, spending a ton of money trying to be really, really relevant on social media. Yeah. Well, I think he played, he played this debate the same way he plays his Twitter handle, like, or X handle, or whatever the fuck it's called now. He tried to be flagrant. Yeah. And that's something that worked for Donald Trump. 
Well, but he's, he's not Donald Trump. Yeah, but he's playing Donald Trump's playbook almost like to the T, to the letter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where he is very, he's very outspoken. He's very flagrant. Um, you know, he's not a fight. He he doesn't back down from a fight. He brings up a lot too, because like he like um when Nikki Haley attack when there's the 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 whole uh, exchange about Ukraine, which is a big one. Yeah. And I think that Nikki yeah. Nikki Haley fucking knocked it out of the park there. I'll say that because right. Right. Um, she said exactly what all the big arms manufacturers wanted to hear um, mm-hmm. and the Ukraine sympathizers wanted to hear. Um, mm-hmm. No, we need to support them. We're on the front lines. Trump said that, or not Trump, um, Putin said that, you know, after Ukraine, he's going for Poland and the Baltics. Um, you know what I mean? And so she, I mean, she went, you know, word for word for what she should have said there. Right. Um, but uh, her exchange with uh, Ramaswamy after that was like, I think it was very telling. Um, yeah, I think I think Nikki Haley did a really nice job in several areas. I think going right in at Ramaswamy with Ukraine, I think her position on abortion was mm-hmm. really poignant yeah because and she she made it she said she said personally i yeah. don't support abortion i wouldn't get abortion but we can't punish women that do yeah. and i think that really is going to sting well to those on the fence type folks yeah where you know you have all of these men up there telling women what to do with their bodies and that is not a good look yeah. Whether you agree with it or not, it doesn't matter for them to sit up there and tell a woman what to do. It doesn't play well with the female yeah. conservative owners. And so I think Nikki Haley did really well there. I think, you know, another moment she did a really good job of was actually criticizing the Trump administration and all the Republicans for their spending during COVID. And yeah. like how there was yeah. little oversight. It was a ton of ton of spending and there was no claw back. So she said like, we need to be better about spending. And I think that's a, always been a Republican talking point. Yeah. But I think this was not angled in a way where it's like, yeah, it's the poor people's fault. So like it really resonates well with that rural base that might've needed some of that assistance or needs current assistance. But then also things like there was a little bit out of control. And so it really hit a solid point for conservative voters. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like a lot of people miss the mark with some of the big conservative question marks. Yeah. You know, I think Vivek Ramaswamy really botched the whole like climate change thing that he brought up and like he said like climate change isn't real and more people have died from climate change legislation or some bullshit and then actual climate change. And it's like, dude, we can no longer debate that. Like even some of the most staunch Republicans are now starting to pull back on that. Like why? Because their fucking Maui Island house just burned down. Like we're seeing things in the climate that we have never seen before, yeah. right? We just had a hurricane and an earthquake at the same fucking time in California. Please get it correct. It's called a hurricane. A hurricane, yeah. So, 
for him to go out and actually say that climate change isn't real yeah it's just it's it's at this point not effective yeah. whereas six seven years ago very effective very effective i will Why? Say- because it, it it makes people think cheap gas yeah it, it automatically makes people think cheap gas yeah and that hits people's wallets so that is what gets people out to vote that's no longer that's no longer a, a working routine anymore yeah um it's funny because like the with with all the candidates were up there there was really very few that voted well um i think that i think that really the person that was most critical of trump was probably pence yeah um which I don't think did him any favors with Republicans, but I think it definitely did him some favors with perhaps like the independents. Um, I think that personally Pence is like just textbook politician and like um, somebody that I would never vote for. You know, something that really surprised me though throughout the talk is like you have so many of these Republican politicians who love to preach on like woke culture. Um and what's deemed like woke issues. It was something that was almost not brought up at all. You know, and I I think that that was very interesting because, you know, and maybe we'll see a lot more of that when we go, you know, GOP versus Democrat. Um, I think a lot of that will come back. But, um, I mean, I think that the only thing that they talked about in regards, they, they, they talked about guns. Guns only had 25 seconds of total talk time. And then the only other one that would kind of fit into that category is uh, trans topics, and that had 21 seconds. Well, I think with those particular topics, yeah, they don't want to talk about them. So I think it was just in passing. This was the first debate, so it was really just a chance to get feelers out there yeah, and kind of almost experiment like you saw them try and push certain things and obviously Ramaswamy was really willing to go out there on a limb on certain things but essentially they were trying to test like how would this play to the audience how does this play to the pollsters like where do i stand with my messaging here and how do i need to either pivot or push yeah and so i think that's that's what this was about and something like woke culture which I think it's fascinating. I was actually thinking about this today. I, I, you know, there's, there was so much rebellion against cancellation, right? By the right. They're like, all the left wants to do is cancel shit. And anytime you see like the cancellations happen, it's from like heavy, right? Like, Oh, we need to cancel Bud Light. I'm not buying that shit no more. Yeah. Which side note, then you see Kid rock at a concert just the other day in Nashville drinking Bud Light after he did his whole, like, I'll never drink this again. He shot it up with a gun. He's drinking Bud Light at a concert. Like, yeah, it's a joke, but you look at the cancellation and the idea of wokeness and like rebellion. And I have no problem with anyone saying, I'm not going to support a product because they believe in something. I don't. Yeah. Like it's become a, almost a joke. Like with my friends and family like i don't eat chick-fil-a why because they've donated to anti-lgbt groups okay i'm not out there you know picketing every chick-fil-a i see i've also never even been to one so 
don't care. It's like, not it's anything. Not it's there, huge it's not. Yeah, it's not spectacular. It's like no, Kane, it's like Kane's chicken. It's like not. Eh, it's like eh. No, Kane's chicken. Yeah. You don't like Kane's? No, I, li- Kane's? I like it. Oh, yeah, I just don't delicious. think I don't. No, when I ate it, I was like, mm, "This is good fried chicken." Actually, it's good. It's the sauce that's really good. The chicken itself is fine. Yeah, I wasn't like blown away. I think Popeyes does the chicken better. Yeah, I wasn't blown away. But anyways, I think it's interesting that there's such a push against, you know, the woke culture and we need to cancel this or whatever. And you don't, like, you see it on both sides, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't become part of someone's identity. Like, I don't sit and preach about anything. I, I, in you know, in my personal life, decide to say, yeah, I'm not going to support that company anymore. Yeah. I well, will anyways. Something something that I found really interesting too, and I I, I want to cut you off too. Do you want to finish that? No, thought? you're good. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Um so this kind of ties in with what I was saying about like um who gained the most. And like this goes kind of towards like the whole idea of like no press is bad press. Um mm-hmm. and so there's a breakdown here in the New York Times and it goes on um who had the who who tracked um the most kind of like uh, digs at each other. So the people that were attacked the most, number one is Joe Biden. He was attacked 14 times. And that was basically everybody started their speech with Joe Biden has ruined this country and we need to bring it back. Yeah. Okay. So 14 times. Uh, the next most digs were at Donald Trump. Who wasn't there to defend Really? Him. Yeah, who wasn't there six times. But he's tied with oh. he's tied with Ramaswamy. They were both attacked six times, which is like so absurd to me. And then like the next after that is like Pence and Haley twice, DeSantis, Scott, and Christie once. You know what I mean? So it's like that to me is crazy. Um, you know what that really means? Hmm. They're a bunch of pussies. They didn't want to fight <sighs> on the stage and be put in a position where they would have to banter back and forth because none of them yeah. are actually seasoned debaters. Like, well, Chris, Chris, Chris Christie, Chris, Chris Christie should have been. Okay, Chris Christie should have been. But, like, Ted Cruz was a really good debater, right? A master one. Some would say a, a master level, sure. <laughs> so, so we see here a very, very different approach. It is way too for lack of a better term, is too conservative an approach. Like, you need to stand out because the guy who literally just went in and got his mug shot taken and is part of four different indictments, yeah. or, well, multiple indictments in four different areas. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say is, he's into the... It's not in, even there. He's over 100 charges. Yeah, yeah, there's multiple charges. I think it's four indictments with how many charges, right? So... He's being indicted in four different courts, per se. He's not there. You need to go out and win. And no one went out to win. Everyone played this very, very, well, like, to the chest. And I think it's because none of them think they, A, have a chance to really defeat Trump. Yes. So they're not going to go too hard in case Trump comes back from all this and doesn't, like, you yeah. know, he's Teflon Don. If he comes back into the play, into the mix, they're not in it. 
And so I don't want to overexpose myself. Yeah. Well, I think, and that goes back to what I was saying in the very beginning. This was really just a competition to see who was going to be, you know, Trump's vice president candidate. And and honestly, if I look at this right now, I think it's probably Ramaswamy. I think it could be either Ramaswamy. It could be Nikki Haley. Could be. Yeah. Could very well be. Um, so as I could see Trump wanting to win the the women's vote, that and that could be that you know it'd be a smart move on his behalf because he scored very poorly with women. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to focus on Donald Trump here for just a minute. Okay, because we're getting sure, we're getting up there in time, and I mean I could go okay. I could go all night on this, but um, I could go all night. It's just it's so much fun, all dude. Night, I had a really good that's so good. Um, I had a really good conversation with actually a couple of bar guests tonight. Um, about the they they asked me like they're people who sometimes listen to the podcast but at least every time they come in they'll always ask me how it's going and like oh what are you guys sure. t- what are you guys talking about tonight and I brought this up and like um the one gentleman Craig he's like oh he's talking to me about it and he's just it's so funny the way that he had this conversation with me but um he was just like he wanted to talk about um you know, especially about like how it's going with Donald Trump and da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. Um, but no, we had, we had a very interesting and very fun conversation about, um, about the X interview. Sorry, not Twitter, but X. X, 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 X. Oh my gosh. Are you guys, are you guys feeling provoked right now? Is that very provocative? It's provocative. Um, and so I wanted to bring up the whole Trump missing the debates um, purposefully and instead doing this interview with Tucker Carlson on X, 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 Pornhub. <laughs> Wait, no. He did an interview on Pornhub uh, with a porn star. Um, and that, that porn star's name was Tucker Carlson. Uh, first name of your pet and then the street you lived on growing up. Yes. Yes. Uh, and his, his, uh, pet iguana was Tucker. And what would your name be? <laughs> what is it? First pet. And then the first name... pet and name of the street name. It's really good. You're going to like this. Try not to get turned on. Okay. Okay. Buzz summit. <laughs> oh shit. That is good. <laughs> I always liked mine. Mine is Bo Allison, but Buzz Summit is just dude, dude. I mean, I could really change it up because, like, technically, my my first pet was two pets. It was two um, Enols, two small lizards. They're the uh, color change. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, and we had Buzz and Woody. We were in a Toy Story phase, and then I grew up Woody Summit. Oh, that's good too. Well, and I grew up on the corner of Summit and Shewitt. Our address was a Summit address, but. Um, if I changed it up, it'd be Woody Shoe It, which almost sounds Damn. like Woody Do It. Um, <laughs> um, but I do. I I want to talk about the uh, the Tucker and Trump interview. So obviously, Trump passes up this opportunity to be a, be a part of the debate debates. I think that we all kind of saw this coming, you know. And it's almost a thing where like sometimes if you're that far ahead, you don't make the first debate, and that's okay. Yeah. I want to get your opinion first, um, and then I'll kind of lay mine in afterwards. And it's going to be just a two-part question. One, 
do you think it was smart for him to not come to the first debate? And two, do you think he is going to lose momentum from it or remain the same? So I think it was smart on his part in the sense, twofold. I think the, as much as they want to claim it was live, I don't think the Tucker Trump thing was live. No, I think it was was pre-recorded for sure. And so I think that's the key, a, a very important ingredient to the case to do it the way Donald Trump did. Yeah. Especially as he's the next morning in Atlanta, you know, surrendering to, to the police. I think the other aspect that it's good is he didn't have to, he didn't have to deal with anyone saying anything about his current indictments. Right. And so he didn't, he doesn't have to address it then where someone like Chris Christie would have Ron DeSantis would not have. Right. I think maybe I doubt Pence would have, he's very non-confrontational in these instances. Yeah. But I think he might have, but even the moderators might have brought something up. And so I think it was wise for him to avoid that topic, not only because it would have looked bad, but he might have stumbled and said something that he should. You know how yeah. you know how pompous he gets and like boastful about yeah. how great he is and how like people can't catch him and do like he would have stumbled up and said something, and yeah. that could have also possibly been used against him in in the court in the courtroom. Yeah. Okay, I, I am going to agree with you. I think that it was smart. Wait, you no, no, no. But do you think it was beneficial for him, numbers wise, or do you think it? Do you think it was kind of a detriment to him? So I'll say this: I think it didn't hurt him. Okay. I don't. I think it helped him. After the fact, we can look mm-hmm. back and say it helped him. I think that's fair. By skipping it it wasn't going to hurt him any so it could only help him and because of the performances we saw it helped him even more like if someone would have shined i don't think it would have hurt him but okay. because no one shined it was actually helpful too yeah does that make sense yeah no that does make sense i think that you're absolutely right with your first portion of the the uh, answer there i think that it was a, probably a smart idea not for him to be there yeah. I think it's kind of a mistake on his part though. I think that this really opens up um an avenue for some other people to get their name out there. Um because here's the thing. If 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 Trump doesn't if if he's not charged with the with his crimes before the or mm-hmm. um before the election, I think that you know, this is a vice candidate or vice president uh candidate role. That everybody's going for. I think that if he is um, is charged, I think that this is really an audition for anybody to get their name out there and kind of um, really truly put their hat in the ring. So I think it did hurt him slightly because it put the spotlight on other people and maybe mm-hmm. maybe opened up the eyes of some people to other possibilities. Um, where they've been so Trump focused since you know 2015 when he was making his first run. 
I don't know if there's anything that can sway his base. Yeah, that's true. Right now, as he surrendering, well, no, I'm saying is right now as he surrenders in Atlanta, and he literally has an actual mugshot now. That might push some people, and this was right at the exact same time. I was kind of hoping that his surrender wouldn't be until September 2nd Mm -hmm. because that was the surrender of the Confederate troops in the Battle of Atlanta. So, you know, it would have been the second time a major racist surrendered in Atlanta on September 2nd. Well played. That would have been awesome. How long have you been saving up that one for? A while. Yeah. (laughs) A while. I'm sure. (laughs) I was really hoping, but you know what? I got to see his mugshot today, and that made me happy. Gosh. (sighs) Where are we at? Just about an hour. Dang. Time flies, man. Especially when you're having fun. Yeah. Especially. And we're not in the heat. This was a really good call on your part to do it remote, so we're not in the studio where it was blazing heat. No, I I didn't make the call. I just posed a very... No, you made the call. You made the call. It was a great call. Yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't live in the Midwest, it's like fucking even right now. Actually, let's do a quick little check. When we were when we were meant to be starting our recording, recording, I know that it was ninety two degrees with a real feel of a hundred. Um, let's see where we're at right now as we're finishing up. Brian and I would be very dehydrated right now if we were recording outside. Yeah, yeah. It feels like ninety degrees outside. FYI, it's 11.06 p.m. And it feels like 90 degrees outside. That's a problem. Yeah, I was talking with take, you know, one of take, my colleagues. Take that, Ramaswamy. Motherfucker, you think that global yeah. warming's not yeah, real? Climate, yeah, global warming's not real. Hottest summer of all time. Fucking A, Bubba. So, I was talking with some colleagues uh, that work in Arkansas. And we were going back and forth. And, like, Arkansas has always been hot, right? But we were actually, the feels like temperature hotter than Arkansas. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I am done. Yeah. Yeah. Moving to Greenland. Dude, fuck it. They got Greenland sharks there. Um, Hold on a second. Let me get rid of this bullshit. little reminder here on my phone. Um. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So I went over today to pick up the equipment after Brian and I decided that we are going to record remotely. And um, went over there. It was hot getting out of my car. Brian was super sweet. Came out in his underwear. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He did. And, um, you know, went into the garage and hung out with me while I was getting all the equipment together. And, uh, like, it was almost like you walked in the garage and it was hot. It was like, you know, Brian actually references it was like a sauna. Um, I gathered yeah. up all the stuff and as I'm wheeling it all out, Brian opens the garage door to the studio. Cause on the studio we have garage doors, regular doors, fancy yeah, doors, so many, sure. do- so many for doors. Sure. Um, and it was like getting punched in the face, walking out of the garage. You know what I mean? It almost like takes your breath away. Cause it's like so yeah. humid. It's so hot. You're drowning. There's so much moisture in the air. You're drowning. Yeah. Might as well just stop breathing now. But anyways, you know, listen, whether we're in the heat or we're in the AC, um, we're just happy to be talking for you guys. Yeah. Talking politics, talking about the GOP, 
You know, I got I got some feedback. Yeah. It was from one of our newer listeners, Yuka, again, and she was saying how she's gotten to know us so well in the last few episodes that she's been listening to. Yeah. That, like, it when we just shoot the shit a little bit and then talk politics, it makes it easier to listen to the politics. So hopefully oh. the rest of you feel the same way where politics can be a lot. I've had a lot of political conversations outside of the podcast lately. Oh, I've been having way and, more. I like right, it. It's starting to heat up. It's starting to heat up again. And yeah. It's cool. Temperature but and politically. I would say hop into this podcast, send this podcast to your friends so that they'll be interested in politics and have some fun along the way. Like we try and educate. Yes. I'm very biased in certain things. Kevin might be biased in certain things, but when we're trying to educate, we just want to be straightforward, but then we're also trying to have a little bit of fun too. There's, there's lots of fun to be had in in any conversation. So uh, make sure you, you try and share this out and let other people know about the Mad Libs community that you're a part of. Yeah. And to that, we say, I'm a Republican now.